0: Hello and welcome back to the Road to Rank My podcast. I'm your co host Jack, and today I will be riding solo as we are without Burjo due to sickness. Today's episode will be talking all things supercoach following round eight. We'll be assessing the buys and sells for the week, going through some strategy talk, and looking at a few under the radar options as well as trades and skippers for round nine. Last week, very much not an ideal one for myself. Scored about 1,070, dropped to 9,000 overall, so really not ideal. I had a few shockers in there. My front row was all over the shop with Tarpany on bias. so I was playing Sean Kepi for his 20-odd. Elie Katoa, another one that really hurt me with that HIA. Um, just a pretty all-round bad week. Played Campiera, as probably a lot of people did. And, yeah, pretty rough week for myself. Virgil scored 1,080-odd, and I think he gained a couple hundred ranks. He was around 19,000 now, about the same as last week. Um, Similar story for him. He was on Captain Turbo, and, yeah, not a lot went right for us. And with the Melbourne buys, this is definitely a week that both of us, having sold Grant last week, who that try at the end of the game really hurt. The both of us, I think Marshall King played well, got an assist, and we looked to be on par before that with um the grand owners, but with that try for grand at the end, that really hurt. So with the Melbourne buy this week, we're really going to be looking to um make up points in round nine. So we'll just get into the TLT review. First game of the round, we got the Sharks and the Cowboys on Thursday night. For the Sharks, there got the same seventeen as last week and. Ronnie Mulatalo scored sixty-seven with a try assist last week. Still priced around seven hundred k. As we all know, absolutely butchered one of the most gimme tries you'll ever see in that left corner. Um, at seven hundred k, the bloke's scoring real well without doing too too much. He hasn't had that massive game yet. Averaging just under sixty-four, and the five-round average of seventy-five. So, still top dollar, but I think at only 4.5% ownership, Mulatalo's definitely one to be keeping an eye on for anyone looking at centre wing and fullback options this week, with Turbo as well as Reese Walsh potentially being guys to move on. Mulatalo's a pretty underrated option at a pretty low price that I don't mind at all. Elsewhere for the Sharks, Nico Hines doing his stuff. He's probably a real good captain option this Thursday even though it's the first game of the round, I think, against this cows outfit, that we're in an absolute grind against the Knights this week in warm conditions. I think they'll be pretty pretty tired, they'll be sore legs, and I wouldn't be surprised if the Sharks were all straight over them in this game. I think all the other centre wing options are still fine to jump on as me and Berger have spoke about in the past, Sionika Tala, and Talakai, all of those guys. Um, we haven't really seen any of these middles for the Sharks, Emerges, great options with the absence of Dale Finucane. I think Hammond, the ULA, probably the best out of all of them, but none of them being too great. So probably still sticking away from all of them. For the Cowboys, they as well will be running out with the same 17 last week. And Val Holmes, he is a very big super coach point in general with 105 Last week, very impressive score. I think it just comes down to the ball that he gets. And um, when he's getting good ball on that left edge, he's going to score, and I think the ceiling's possibly back for him. We've seen him become a much bigger part of their attack than he has been in the past two months, pretty much in the comp. We really haven't seen him get any really effective attacking ball, and he's still priced at 700K. So I think those who sold they'd be upset that they didn't get that output from Val. And if you own him, he's coming right all the way up until Origin with you now because he's really starting to put together some really good scores, Val, and very much a swinging factor over the next month of football, or three, four weeks, whatever it is, until Round 13 comes around. He's starting to kill it, Val Holmes. Also for the cows, Ruben Cotter... I believe scored a try last week. And I think in front row right now, it's just so thin. Yeah, score of 76 last week. Played 65 minutes. Real impressive. Still priced under 600K. Very reasonable price only 8% ownership. I don't mind Cotter as a guy at front row to sort of fill in the next three weeks. Potentially with Haas suspended this week. Welch on the buy. Cotter's probably some value there, and I really don't mind him at all at front row forward right now under 600k. Jack Gajewski sorry, is um named in the back row again, getting some interest as a 2RF cheapie. Um, Hill and Lukey still not named in the squad, so it's suggested he might get a couple more weeks there, the goss, but I don't love the option. I think it's pretty desperate. And yeah, I just think Luki back there sooner rather than later. It's not like Kajeski set the world on fire over the last couple of weeks. I think there'll be much better options coming around soon. Only averaging 40 in 80 minutes last week as well. So we did get the 80 that he didn't play in the first game. Um, Two weeks ago for him. So I guess that's a positive... But, yeah, I just think you're reaching for options. 246k, you might be able to get 50 to 100k out of him in the next couple of weeks before Luki's back. But, yeah, I don't think that's for me. I was, the job security, I, him and Lukey was expected to be back this week, possibly next week, so I wouldn't be surprised if he's back there, at least on the bench next round, chewing into some of Kajeski's minutes, so I don't love that option. Also for the cows, Scott Drinkwater coming off a ton last week. Obviously he had a horror start to the year. A lot of people owned him, probably got burnt by him. He's already dropped 120k. So he's priced at six twenty eight thousand right now. Um only two try in the hundred and five that he scored on the weekend, which is definitely the most impressive part of that for me for Scott Drinkwater. Um plays around thirteen. There's definitely positives there I think as I said a lot of people looking to move on Reese Walsh and Tom treboyich so there's definitely a world where drink water is an option only one percent owned I think's pretty damn crazy not that you'd expect it to be any higher but there's value there for sure I don't mind taking a swing on drinky I considered it don't think I'll go there myself but definitely couldn't couldn't rule him out because we've seen him score well in the past, and if he only needs two try assists to go above 90, or in last week's case, 105, definitely potential there for Scotty Drinkwater. quarter. Moving on to the next matchup, we've got the Eels and the Knights. For Para, Bailey Simonson and Regan Campbell-Gillard out. Hayes Dunstar comes onto the wing with Jermaine Hopgood moving into lock. Wieramu in Gureg Front Row, and Ryan Madison will start on the edge. So this is very good news for Hopgood owners. Um, As soon as Campbell Gillard went down with that injury, my initial thoughts were this is going to help Hopgood's minutes a lot. Um, We could see him return to the form that he was in earlier in the year, potentially averaging, you know, above 65, 70 again. I wouldn't rely on that, but it's definitely on the cards now. Um, I think for Ryan Madison, things change, but probably not for the worse. If he does have a good stint on the edge to start the game, then moves into middle, because Wimmer Greg probably only plays one stint, to be honest. A good 30 minutes straight off the bat and may not return, and we see Maddow and Hopgood finish out the game in the middle with um, Junior Ballo. So I don't think this is necessarily bad for Madison either. However, as I said last week, I'm not... It's not that I'm not high on matter. I'm just afraid that he goes, plays, origin, and you don't get him in those three major buy rounds, which would absolutely kill owners. Um, Also, for para, Dylan Brown, very popular option over the last few weeks, for good reason, too. He was a guy that I potentially was looking to bring it in this week for Cam Munster on his buy. But averaging 64... 67 last week, it's 640k, 65 break-even. It's all just around the same area for him, and it just looks like he just keeps scoring 60s. Um, 67 last week against the Broncos, 60 against the Dogs, 63 against the Tigers, 50 against the Roosters, 47. And then into those games at the start of the year, we had a very good start. So it's just one trice from every week. Solid base and power. The only thing I would note... A lot of these tries, assists have been off kicks. As to why they're not generating big scores for him. Because I think owners will be looking at him making... 20 to 30 tackles. Getting a couple assists. Go, how the hell does he score 60? But when he doesn't get a line break... Or line break assist for these tries... There's a lot for... He hasn't. So far. So that's why... We're not seeing the ceiling from him. I don't think the ceiling's gone by any means. But it doesn't scream buy me for myself. if If I was anyone else out there that didn't own Dylan Brown, I'd be tempted just to hold for the moment. His draw coming up isn't bad. They play the Knights, Titans, Raiders, Rabbits, and Cowboys in 13. So... Look, it's tough. I definitely can't... I don't think owners would have any reason to sell at all. But I don't think non-owners are going to scramble to buy him right now for Munster, who's playing pretty damn well at 5-8 right now, scoring very well there. There could be a world where you look to go up from Isaiah Cattell to Deal brown if you have spare cash, but I just don't think it's worth it um, to cover Munster's buy. I just... You might drop 30 points this week if things continue as they have been with Dylan Brown scoring around 65 and Guitar around 35 I just don't think that's worth a move will I still be looking at Dylan Brown for the buyers probably it may be Moses ahead of him potentially if things don't change I still think that Dylan Brown has the ceiling but I'm going to hold off him now with what I've seen from him for the Knights they as well play the same 17 that they ran out last week no changes for them. Kalen Ponga returned last week, played pretty well off the bench, fifty three minutes for fifty eight points. Um, I believe had a try assist in there. Break even of ninety three this week, so there is a lot more cash to drop from him with that one in his rolling average. I think the scoring can be impressive, if you were a long way behind and you needed. A play I could... I see the theory behind looking at Ponga. Only 2% owned. But the thing for him... They got power this week into the buy and 10. Then they've got the Titans and Sharks. And then Ponga likely goes off to Origin. I don't see a world where this is viable. He'll play the Broncos in 15. Misses 16 if he's playing Origin. 17 if he does back up, which is probably unlikely from origin. They play the Panthers, and then misses 19. I just don't... There's not a world where you can get Ponga in, in my opinion. I'd love for the situation to be different because he is going to drop cash, and that is very tempting, but I guess this is... There's too many things against Ponga right now, and in theory, it sounds good getting him cheap for bottom dollar, probably like 400k in the end. But you just can't do it. By next week. So he's not going to even have enough cash drops to grab. And I assume he's playing Origin. He's the incumbent. I don't think Welsh will take the one jersey off him if he wants it. Greg Marju. On the left wing, Ponga back is big for Marju. As... Just a real good ball player there. And Marju scored a try as well on the weekend. However... Score wasn't great. 67 with a try is not what we expect from Marju. Line break as well on that try. The hit-ups numbers, they were down a bit. From what we saw early in the year, scoring like 40 from hit-ups, it's not quite there. The last couple weeks, it's sort of been around 30, low low 30s, high 20s. This is a tough one with Marju because he got 102 break even this week playing para running at Dunster there is a good chance he could go over to be honest but with the buy in 10 there is a world where you cash marge you in at 700k take 120k from him however I think there's too many issues in a lot of teams right now so I don't think many people will even have the chance to consider it myself I don't have that many issues but I'm still not going to be in any in any way looking at moving him on. But if somehow everything's gone right for you and you have that luxury, it's not a bad bloke to cash in right now, I'd say. Moving on to the South's Broncos game. For the Broncos, pretty big changes. Corey Oates out. Really sucks for the poor bloke. Can't get a good run together now. Jesse Arthurs back onto that left wing. I think there was talk We might have got um, Mariner on that left wing when Oates initially went down, but it's Jesse Arthur's coming back in as they expected. Ezra Mam and Payne Haas both suspended, both big outs. Haas with more super coach implications than Mam. and um, Jock Madden will play 5 First of all, Payne Haas, it really, I think there's a lot of Haas Welch owners out there. It was kind of typical, I think a couple of weeks ago, most people either had the Tarpenny, Otoikomanu partnership or the Welch Haas and the Tarpani Stefano Otoikomanu partnership teams really suffered the last couple of weeks but those with Welch and Haas now are really in trouble I, it's going to be hard to fix, I think you've just got to take your blow, I think a lot will be playing a Murdoch Masilla type this week, David Mowali and bringing another front rower just have two guys to play, there'll be free loops out there for a lot of people as well but you definitely can't sell Haas. I don't think anyone out there will be considering that. You've just got to do whatever you can to put 17 out there this week and possibly use that free loop to advantage. For Reese Walsh, he was a guy I strongly considered moving on last week. I was really, really, really tempted to go Walsh to Teddy, bank 200K. Teddy in a better matchup against the Dragons than Walsh's against the Eels. I didn't do it. I went Grant to Marshall King instead. Didn't kill me, but this was probably the better move. He had that one-kick try assist for his score of 38. And the draw gets tough. This is where it really sucks for Welsh here. Souths this week, followed by Manly, The Storm, Penrith in 12. That's his next four. There's potentially a good 100K that he could drop in that run there. If he goes into that Penrith game with a break-even of around 100 again after he's already dropped a good 50, 60K, there's another 50K right there in that game potentially going into Origin. Then if he backs up in 14, it's against the Sharks. I just think there's a lot of cash that could be dropped with Walsh. Obviously, there's the chance that he doesn't play Origin and we get him in round 13 against the Warriors. If so, I think you can bring him back in for about a hundred, hundred fifty k cheaper potentially, back around six hundred k, because there could be a few low scores in here for him. Um, If you've got a lot of problems in your team, you can stick it out. You just have to be aware that he could drop about sixty, seventy thousand cash this week if he goes low against this South's team. So, there's risk there. Where to go? There's not many fullback options screaming out that aren't named Latrell Mitchell. This is for Walsh and Turbo, anyone looking to move off either of them. There's just not many fullback options screaming by me except Latrell Mitchell, who is well and above a pack right now. He's absolutely killing it. But in saying that, we all have center wings that have fullback jewels. whoever it is. So, I don't mind moving him onto a center wing. There's a lot of options around there. And that might be my plan this week. Walsh to a center wing guy, and I'll talk about that later. But I think selling Reese Walsh right now is probably the smart decision. That's my perspective on that. I think a lot of people will hold it out with him. They've got other issues to fix, but I think selling him is the right move, and you're going to make up points that way. For the Rabbitohs, Junior Totola returns at front row with Hame Selle going back to the bench. Kameh Sele, a guy that I bought in a couple of weeks ago, has done really well for me, um, 58 on the weekend, played big minutes. I was impressed, and I currently have him at front row forward two, and I was considering just leaving it for a couple of weeks if the title didn't return. With the title back in his side, i probably have to reconsider that, and I think anyone that was looking at buying Sele, you probably can't now. He'll probably get his 40 minutes for 40-odd points. Um, it's hard. If you're desperate, I'd probably lean Sipley over Selle off the bench. If Selle was starting again, I'd say him, but I'd lean towards Toff Sipley there. Cam Murray, a couple of poor scores for him, minutes lowered as well. Um, I hopped off Murray a couple of weeks ago, sort of took a punt there that I wasn't going to get hurt too bad if he did score well. Um, got that right still priced at 670k still pretty good value to sell him 106 break even with scores of 50 and 46 in his last two I think owners have got to sell I don't think there's really any world where you can't he didn't only have 6 minutes off last week it seemed I thought he spent longer off but yes 74 minutes of 46 points definitely not ideal um, Broncos, Melbourne, Tigers Para going into 13 So He could score well I've spoke about this before He could score well in a, He probably will In one of those four Go 90 But if he scores 90 one week And the 2 RF you bought instead for cheaper Scores 50, 60 You know You can make that up elsewhere So I think Cam Murray is one that I would definitely Be selling if I had him on my side, once again, if you got more problems, do it. But I think Cam Murray, if you can, move him on. It's his time. As I said before, Latrell Mitchell absolutely killing it right now for Souths. Um, early on in the year, obviously, burjo went with Trell to start. I brought in Walsh in round four. And that was the big differentiator before um, between us early on in the year. And a lot of teams, the Walsh owners were really killing it and the Luttrell owners were struggling because he just wasn't reaching the ceiling. As I said earlier, he was putting out good base, scoring 60, 70 without doing much and now it just seems like he's popping up everywhere to score tries. just Ones that doesn't seem like he deserves, he just keeps finding himself... In good spots. Priced at 925k now. Oh, personally, I'm not going to be forking out that money for him. However, there's definitely a merit to doing it. Averaging 84. Triple tons the last three weeks. 146, 121 and 102. Um, there's not much to say really. He's, he's on a different level right now compared to the rest of the comp. It's him and Nico Hines just killing it. He's the best fullback in the game by a long way. Right now, Super Coach Wise scoring. And that will probably continue. The matchups don't matter for Latrell. So if you can go Walsh to Latrell, yeah, I think it's definitely the easy move. However, I just think with him going to Origin, I just can't get myself to bring him in now. There are games in there that are scary. Round fifteen, the Dragons. Round eighteen before going to origin not 17 he plays the Cowboys that's another scary game if he backs up from origin 17 there's matchups there for him to scare me he also plays the Tigers in round 11 I just don't know if I can fork out that type of money for Latrell right now but I can't I can't say don't do it to anyone that wants to I just don't think that's going to be the way that I'm going to be able to make up points to catch up to those at the top I can't at this point. What I do like now though, a bit of a hedging my bets play here. Alex Johnson at 568,000 with a 25 break even. Scored 90 last week and didn't score a try. Now I know he had three line breaks, so, you know, it's very much best case for Alex Johnson, but 568K, that's a discount. And if I'm going to go without Latrell, I need to have a bloke who's probably going to be throwing these cutouts too. Albeit, actually, not much ball has gone Trell to AJ on this left edge, but I think that'll change. I don't see that staying. As it is for too long, Alex Johnson is a perennial try scorer, and it wouldn't surprise me if more ball goes to that left side of the field. And I just think it's a good way, if you don't own Trell... It's a good way to sort of make sure you don't get killed, hopefully. And it's just underpriced, underowned owned too. It's probably where I'm going to go. I'm very much not set on my trades. I'll talk about it later at the end of the segment. But I'm very much considering Alex Johnson because there's upside to him. If he goes over for a few and you've got him at a low ownership, big play. Moving on to the Raiders-Dolphins game. Nick Kotrick out with a hamstring injury and Geordie Rupp comes onto the wing. For the Raiders, I like Corey Horsborough. 488k, dual position, front rower. He's played big minutes the last two weeks. I think around 70 minutes. Looks a safe 60 points. The only issue I guess is does he keep those minutes up? I don't know. Plays round 13. I don't think he's going to origin for Queensland. So... It just depends if you trust sticky with the minutes. You, it's a it's a good price tag. I think a lot of people that do have the half Welsh problem will go to Horsburgh. I'm surprised he isn't, um. Being brought in that much, people are opting for Fanor Blake, who also plays thirteen. Slightly surprising, but yeah, um, underrated option here, Horsburgh. I'm considering it myself. Um. Yeah, the workload that he's getting out is really impressive. And if he can keep those minutes up, it's a really safe option at this price. So, Hawes would definitely want to watch. I like it. Jared Croker, um, 279K, single-digit break-even this week. This is a risky one, and I think all cheapies always come with risk, as we always say. You never really have a perfect cheapie coming around through mid-season. Um, job security is tough. Xavier Savage on the extended bench. It just comes down to who you think Sticky's going to go with. So obviously Seb Crest is at fullback right now. And is on the wing that Kotrick, you'd assume, would come back into. So, fully fit. You're assuming Savage is at fullback. It comes down to either Chris or Croker for a centre spot. And you assume that's going to Chris because Tomoko's safe, Ruppin is safe, Savage probably plays fullback. Or if you're willing to bet that Seb Chris goes to the wing in order for Kotrick to stay out of the side, I don't really see it, though, personally. I think Croker might be the one to drop out here. And unless you're desperate for a downgrade option, I don't love it. However, for the Dolphins, there is a downgrade option here, possibly. Once again, not with great job security, but Nonetheless, the only change for the Dolphins is Kenny Bromwich back in the side and S.A.S.A. goes to the bench for them, which means Connolly Lamolu stays on an edge, which is pretty big there. But as I said, for the Dolphins, cheapy centre wing Rob Jennings, Edric Lee on the extended bench and Tessie New still out injured. Rob Jennings could have scored about four tries last week, butchered a few of them. Um... I might like this more than Kroker, to be honest. I think he can keep the spot off Edric Lee. I'm happy with that. It comes down to... He plays... There's a buy around 11 for the Dolphins. So he plays the Raiders, Sharks, buy into Melbourne, Dragons in 13. Tessie knew how far away is he because that's probably the big factor here how long does Rob Jennings potentially have in this spot um it's not really much news around it around but if Rob Jennings can hold that spot and play in 13 um I like it but I'm not sure he does there's not much around on Tessie New so I'm not sure I guess we'll have to wait for news around that, but he's not even on the extended, so you've got to assume you'll get at least a couple of price rises out of him. I think I prefer it to Jared Croker, Rob Jennings. Isaiah Katoa. Um, a lot of people be forced to start him this week that run a Munster-Katoa 5.8 slot, and I think the, the question was for Munster owners in this position with Katoa. Would you rather sell Munster moving into Origin to avoid having to play Katoa? But I think Munster's killing it. Um, And you've got to expect that from him. I probably don't want to sell him right now. I'm looking at that decision later because he just keeps scoring well. And Katoa probably isn't the worst play. This game in Wagga, a day game... I'm happy to back Katara in to give me 40, hopefully 50. And a lot of people will be, so... I think Katoll's a safe enough start in this one. If you've got a deal bags there, then you're cheering. You don't have to worry about this, but I think if you're out there listening, needing to play Isaiah Katoa, it's not a horrible spot to be in. We definitely saw in the weekend he took a fair bit of ownership over the side, and I think he's only going to get himself in more good positions to bring in attacking stats. If he can bring the running game into it as well, that will definitely help him. But yeah, I don't mind starting him here against the Raiders. Moving on to the Manly Titans game, Josh Shuster is out as Cooper Johns comes into 5'8", and Tuipelotu comes onto the wing, Ruben Garrick center, Kelma Tuolungi onto the edge again. A lot doing here for Manly. Schuster really disappointed again on the weekend. I didn't start him. A lot did. He just... There's a lot not right there for him right now. I think Cooper Johns is a better player right now than Josh Schuster. I wouldn't have believed that if I had said that in round one because I thought Schuster was developing. Me and Berjo praised him last week and said how he makes the side a better team, but it's not happening there. Tom Triboyovich. He's I don't think he's even at fifty percent to be honest. About three injuries for him right now. The value is so low though. A lot of people wanted him not to be named, so they just could move him on. It's hard when he is named. In that Tigers matchup, we really there were a fair few that captained him. Um wanting a big square of him. At five ninety K now, break even's only eighty four. I don't like selling him here. I have a feeling he may not play Origin, to be honest. I think if Freddie is smart, he's not going to pick him in centre. I think he'll take a Campbell Graham or someone ahead of him. However, it ends up... I might even take a Stephen Crichton over him right now. At centre, he's just not fit. So I wouldn't be surprised if somehow we have him playing games through this period, but... At this value right now, I don't know how much you get out of him moving him on. Like I said, Alex Johnson's underpriced, and it would be a straight swap to him. So I think I'm just going to ride it out with Turbo. You've just got to hope he comes good. But he's just not near fitness right now. So I feel for him. He really just needs to get a few weeks sitting down, watching on, because they keep pushing him through it, and it's not working. Hopefully, there's good scores around the corner for him. But I don't think there's much you can do now. I don't see much upside in selling him. Ruben Garrick named at centre. And this this really sucks for people who brought him in last week. Um, Massive break even. And just being named at centre, that's double bad news. He's already at 634k, so probably dropped about 100k already from the price that I bought him at before that Knights matchup. Um, Then the HIA against the Storm, and then just a rough outing this week against the Tigers for him as well. 44, he scraped two. The break-even's huge this week, 138. I would say hopefully he can crack it, but at centre I just don't see it happening. Once again, I think this is just something you have to write out. He's going to play around 13, and he's likely going to play around 13 at fullback. So I think you've just got to ride this wave with Garrick. Because, yeah, he, he this is different. He does have some value to move him on. But I think he's going to be very useful throughout that bye period. We're going to need him when he's at fullback, so... I think we just got to ride it out with Garrick. Once again, another guy that I couldn't fault you for selling if that's the biggest issue you've got right now. But yeah, it just really sucks. It's been an awful situation, all up him. Obviously, Turbo's Fitness, the HIA, and now he's ended up at centre. Just everything that has gone wrong is all that could have gone wrong. So, Garrick, I just th- I'm going to ride it out, and I think that's what you have to do unless you somehow have no issues in your side. Toff Sipley has emerged as an option the last two weeks playing big minutes off the bench and scoring well in those minutes, which it's emerged out of nowhere, really. Priced at 358k, only has played two games and has a neg-six break even. In his two games he has played, he's played 43 and 44 minutes. So really what you'd expect moving forward from him in terms of minutes, but it's the PPM that's really impressive. 51 and 63 in those stints. Tackle bussing, a few offloads around, good hit-up numbers. Um, I think a lot will turn to Sipley this week, or a lot should turn to him. Because if you can lock in at 50 at RF, I'd, I'd even do that as my second front rower. So, I like the Sipley option. I think plays 13. He's potentially a guy that can get you through that bye period while Jake Tribojevich is out playing Origins. So, Sipley, it's a big thumbs up from me there. I think the only thing is he's very much benef- benefited the last two weeks from their edge issues. Um, two weeks ago, Calma Toulangi with the HIA. Bullamore had to play edge. So, might have given him five more minutes but as I said I think 40 minutes is okay to expect from him moving forward and then obviously last week Fainu on the bench who came onto play centre and everyone shifted out so once again it's a good situation for him the last couple weeks so there could be a slight inflation but I wouldn't be surprised if we see him continue to play 40 minutes moving forward as Gerbo probably isn't going to consistently play 80 as he did through the last two months apart from last week but yeah, simply not a bad option. Don't mind it. For the Titans, just a couple of changes on the bench. Cruz Leeming and McKaylee out. And Cleese Haas and Joe Vuna come onto the bench. David Feeder just keeps pumping out base. It seems to be above 70 just about every week now. Price at 750k. It's not going to go anywhere. It sucks not owning him. I said, uh, I was watching the Dolphins-Titans game. I was text everyone I was like this is the last 40 minutes of football that I'm not only Fafita for because he just is going to 70 minimum how can I not lock in at 70 but all these issues emerge and I just don't know if I'm going to be able to do it um, Eli Catola to Fafita is definitely an option for me but if Fafita goes to Origin that really sucks because it's probably not going to be a good time to hop on him with the high price tag and the games that he potentially misses going to Origin I think he will but if you own him mate he's killing it so I've put myself in a silly position not having him and yeah he's he's not far away from 140 score like really if he crashes over he's sweeping he's still in everything so Fafita probably a captain option this week as well against Manly if you want to go VC Hines because you got a free loop I like Fafita with the captaincy Campiera with a very low score on the weekend. He's, like Fafita, had a few chances the last few weeks that just haven't quite gone to hand. Could have scored better. We went through the centering wing cheapies last week, did a bit of analysis there. His base is lower, but as we saw, it's around 20, so it's not the worst base. But he's not a bad guy to move on. I'd probably prefer moving him over in Alamotti right now. I think Alamotti's the one I'd keep the most out of the four for them at the moment, honestly. In terms of selling, though, I'd probably go Warbrick has to go first. Depending on whether Tarouba actually plays this week or not, which I'll talk about in the next game, him or Campiera there. If River does play and is healthy, then I'd sell Campiera second, River third and Alamotti fourth because the value isn't high enough for him. But I don't mind moving Campiero on. If he can, not a bad option. For the Tigers and Panthers game, the Panthers lose Tungo and Peachy is playing center, so no Jenkins, no centre wing cheapy there for us, unfortunately. Peachy's just a bit of a glue guy for them this week, and I don't know if that's gonna stay that way for the foreseeable future, but we'll we'll find out soon enough. Zach Hosking not getting 80 minutes. Definitely a worrying point for the Panthers. Scored 49. Had about a 20-minute stint off, I believe. Um, Obviously a great matchup here, so you don't have to deal with that now. However, definitely one to watch with Hosking because we could be potentially moving him on very soon if he continues to not get 80 minutes. Critter is another guy that will generate interest this week for the Panthers. Goal kicked last week with Cleary's little niggling injury potentially goal kicks again here I think we keep underestimating the Tigers defence a bit as we saw against Manly the defence isn't bad so I don't think this is a home run matchup. they haven't given up a ton of points for the Tigers so I don't think throw everything away try and get him in it's not probably going to be as good as a play as Kiraz was coming off his big 140 however I don't mind it if he can goal kick for the next couple of weeks if somehow Cleary just sort of rests and doesn't goal kick, it's not a bad play, and as we know, Critter, he tends to hold onto the ball in attacking opportunities, you know, if he's running for the corner, he's not tipping it onto the he's going for the 17 points himself. So, good option there, I like Critter. Um, yeah, De- not a home run though, as I said, I don't think I'm expecting 150k out of him. It's a solid option though, and low ownership, so not a bad Play, I'm not going to do it, though. For the Tigers, David Nofaluma comes onto the wing. For Charlie Staines, and Nadine comes in for Asuka Poa. For the Tigers, I think Atalika just continues doing what he's been doing all year. Disappointing. Low PPM, low minutes. It's just not happening for him. you got to move him on. You may have to play him this week, as a lot of people have issues of front row that they own him. But, yeah, he's got to go very soon. Um, I'd be looking to move him quickly. Dream Buller at fullback. Played well last week against Penrith. Um, showed a solid floor, looked likely. Obviously, you're not going to bring him in a week early before price changes for him and against the Panthers, so watch him. But he could be potentially a guy that we could look at at fullback because, as I said, no one other than Troll Mitt is really killing it there right now, unless Walsh goes back to the form he was in, but as I said with that draw probably unlikely. Buller could potentially, because we always like to have these cheapy fullbacks have a center wing option, because obviously you got 7 slots there compared to the 2 at fullback and we genuinely want 2 premium fullbacks, but there may not be 2 premium fullbacks that average over the 70 over the next month. So Buller is a potential option. Um, watch this week and we'll assess that come next week as to what our plan is with fullback. We'll probably know more about Turbo as well. We'll know a lot more about Walsh following the game against South. So I think that fullback issue, we'll know pretty definitive, definitive answers next week with that. Moving on to the Warriors and Roosters game. For the Warriors, they lose Chance, Nickel, Clockstar, To Harris and Jaz Tabunga. Tanya Tuapiki comes back in at fullback. He's a solid little stopgap there for them. Did well in his um, couple of games he played there when Nickel Clockstar was out earlier. Josh Curran comes into lock, and Wade Egan also returns to hooker, which is pretty important for them. Um, Jackson Ford. Scored a try. I think a lot of people benched him this last week, including myself. Scored a try, um, but the base. power for him it's definitely not what we saw earlier in the year i think in earlier matchups i think the assumption was that he could potentially base around 50 to 55 weekly he looked like he was making a ton of tackles and had a good floor but it's not really there anymore although he's definitely not a sell that's what i'll say he's 480k break even of 38 couple good scores in his rolling average of uh 75 A few weeks ago That were about to drop out And the 67 Against Melbourne this week But A guy that plays 80 minutes every week Is going to play Round 13 Um Yeah you probably Can't sell him now Um There's probably I was considering Moving him on this week If he didn't score well But with that try He's definitely Going to make it To round 13 for me Because I didn't know If he was I think he has to now. Also, with the injury to Torhu Harris, he may have an extended period on the sideline now. And potential winner is Josh Curran, but I don't love it. I think Webster's got some doubts with him defensively, especially in the middle at lock. So that's probably a watch for me. He's not cheap either. Pricing around 520k, so I don't love the look of Josh Curran as much as other people do. However, ownership's very low, so it is a bit of a ballsy play that you could consider. However, Adam Finol blake at 605k with a one break-even, 79 and 102 in his rolling average coming off two tries. The minutes are the big thing for him. Because so far this year, they've sort of ranged from about 45 to 55. played 71 on an exact day, and that's that's massive. If he potentially plays 60 to 65 going forward, he is a premium option, and he could average 70 over the next month going into round 13 or whatever Tohu returns. Um, Tavanga is a big-minute player in the middle, and it also depends with Tamari Martin... His return as well if Dylan Walker comes back and plays middle off the bench because they can play some decent minutes. But for now, for Noor Blake, he looks pretty mint, to be honest. Like, The bench for them, obviously, current at 13. As I said, I don't know if Webster trusts him. of Afoa starting a prop. Not a big minute forward. Freddie Lussic on the bench as well as Viliami Vilea, who I don't really see where he's going to cover. I don't I don't know at all really where he's gonna play. Whether they move like a Montoya to right edge for Near Corey and he plays the middle, I don't know. And then on the bench forward wise, they got Tom Marley and Bailey Siren. So potentially big minutes for for Noah Blake. And not a bad option. I think he's fourth most traded in. And yeah, I don't I don't mind it. If he does Get good minutes above 60, 65. Um, there's not much that really can go wrong with him. Because he's got try scoring ability too, and that's sort of what we've relied on from him in the past. We've never seen him playing massive minutes in the middle. But it's promising. Very promising for him. Um, for the Roosters, Daniel Tupo is out with a hamstring injury. Corey Allen comes onto that wing. Nat Butcher also returns, and Angus Crichton is on the bench. So hopefully he's there for a bit and he can drop some cash because that would be a lovely little option, getting Angus Crichton at a discount. Joey Manu, very good at 5'8 last week. Scored 89, I think. Um, A try in there. Probably what I expected from Manu. I didn't expect him to set the world on fire like a lot did. He wasn't a bad captaincy option in the end. Scored close to Nico Hines Um, now that he's got two weeks in this jersey I wouldn't be surprised if it turns into say four before we see Sam Walker return because this sort of confirms that it wasn't a one week sort of demotion for Walker which is good for Manu Um, if I didn't own Joey Manu I think you have to bring him in still now this week He's shown how easily he can score, 80, 90 plus, And he could have a few meet, few more weeks in that jersey and a few meat pies in those games too. So I think you've got to bring in Manu if you didn't buy him this week, you'd you'd be pretty ballsy to go against it considering he could have a couple more games in the sixth jersey. James Tedesco, as I said, I was considering bringing him in last week for Reese Walsh. He was real unlucky again. Scored the try early from the Egan Butcher line break and looked as in look as if he could have been in for a ton. Base and power was really good in the fifties again from him. Um scored in the seventies. It could have been a ton. We keep saying it for Teddy. He's just been so unlucky. So many try scoring opportunities, just haven't really the ball hasn't ended up with him somehow. And I think it's crazy to say that he's Days as a premium fullback option at Dunn because he just keeps getting real unlucky and to those who brought him in for Walsh I think they're in a good position. They dodged a little drop from Walsh, got forty more points from Teddy last week, so Teddy's he's still an option, but it was the Dragons matchup I really liked for him and it's also getting closer to origin. So you've got to be pretty desperate and not really be high on any of the options going around now to be forcing Teddy into your side now, I'd say. Final game of the round, the Saints and the Dogs. Um, Max Fingai comes in for Tatao Moga as he, I think it was a shoulder injury in the exact day game. He's scoring well. He's got a massive neck, 60-rack even Moga, but he's out. So for the Dragons... Um Tyrell Sloan around four hundred and fifty k. Um, as we know, he's got a low one in him, but this if he can link up a couple big scores in the next few, there could be some very good cash in Tyrell Sloan. Um, four sixty three k right now. Neg thirty six break even. Um. I, th- I think the matchups are good for him, coming up his next few. I'll just have a look at it. I think there's the Cowboys. So, Dogs this week, Tigers, Cowboys. They're three juicy ones. If he goes big and say, two of them, in combination with his 85 from last week and 90 from this week, and then the 15 dropping out of his rolling average after this one, there could be 150K in Sloan. Very much a good play. Obviously, it kind of sucks that you've already missed out on 165,000. But there could be just as much in him once again and some very good scores over these next three matchups. So Sloan, very much an option, very much on my radar. Um, I like the play. I can't fault it. Um, ben Murdoch, Masilla, Pretty impressive this last week, actually. Um base higher than he has all year, he scored about fifty odd. I think for those that need him to cover this week at front row forward, I think you can play him here against the dogs. I don't think you have to scramble to make sure he doesn't end up in your seventeen. I think you can play Murdoch Mussilla. For the doggies, Carl Flanagan out and Josh Reynolds started at five eight with Oluapu on the reserves, which is kind of a bit of a shock. I think we thought Oluapu would be in this week. Um But not quite his time yet. So Carl will get a couple more weeks in resis, it seems. And I think anyone looking at Reynolds don't. Carl is just around the corner and it's just going to be a couple weeks for him to sort of fill that void. Um, Jake Preston, he's really being hindered by the struggles that the Dogs are having right now. As we've spoke about pretty much every time with Presto, his try-scoring ability is elite and he just needs to be in those positions and he will get over a lot of the time. He just hasn't. We saw in the Cowboys game the last win for the Dogs. Preston was the recipient of a lot of those tries in attacking situations. Scored a double there. And we just haven't really put points on the board since then. So, I definitely wouldn't sell Preston. I just think there's very much better times around the corner for him. And I'm going to make the long-term move of keeping my faith with Preston. So, if if he had I think Hosking might even be sellable for him too looking down the line um, Hosking may not be playing 80 minutes for that long, Preston only priced at 530k the base and power is quite good as well for an edge he's been showing a floor of around 50 pretty much, obviously the South's game was affected with the Symbian, would have scored 50 in a blowout if it wasn't for that 59 and 56 the last two weeks where we haven't really had much ball. Um, 42 against the Warriors wasn't great, but for me, it looks like he's going to give you 50 every week and when he scores tries, it's going to be more. So, especially, as I said, with Hosking potentially, gone, we might have to move on soon. I like holding Preston. I think there's better times around the corner for him and there's no reason to move on. As for Reed Marnie, I don't know if he's worth the dollars at hooker. Um, I wasn't very high on him when everyone looked at going cheese to money, and this is the problem. I just think he has to do a lot to score well. He doesn't cover the early buys for us, doesn't play 13, and I'd just rather go to a cheaper option, really. Um, In the games where he hasn't got attacking stats, he scored 39, 33, and 55, And when he does, it seems to be scores between, like, 50 and 70 when he gets one involvement. So you're never really going to score more than 70 with Marnie. Yeah, I just don't love it. At this value now, I don't know if I'd move off him, but he's just not worth the dollars there at hooker. Very much not worth the cash. And if I own Marnie, you probably just got to stick it out now. You're not going to move from him, I don't think but yeah he needs the dogs to be firing to be able to be a premium hooker option because when we're doing a lot of defending there's not much in it for Reid Marnie at hooker that will do us for the TLT review moving on to the strategy talk obviously Melbourne on the buy this week there are guys that we don't really know if we need to sell I think I'll go through all of them here and give my opinion on whether they should be moved on this week first of all Harry Grant um. Obviously, me and Berger moved on from Grant last week with the high break-even. He nearly got that break-even, so... It didn't really affect it. However, I'm still happy moving off him. He obviously had that try assist to Munster. Looked like he was on to score about 70 from there. And then the try late elevated that score greatly. Just about a ton. So, really, I think... If we had broke even with Marshall King and Grant this week, we would have been cheering. We didn't. Not the end of the world. If you have Grant now, and you just want to hold him through the year, don't make any trades at Hooker, that's a very viable strategy. But I think there are potential points you can make up at Hooker if you flip Grant to someone come round 13. Probably don't sell him this week, though. Cam Munster, same thing. I think there's no one really to flip to at 5'8 right now. Hold until 13, and then you can decide where you want to make moves there because he's scoring very well. Elikato is a tough one. Break even of around 100, I believe. The value isn't that high. It's under 600K. Um, It's tough. Because I guess there's the principle. If you don't sell him, then the money doesn't matter. And he can be a handy guy through those buy rounds, as I spoke about before. But, I don't know, he's tough. The partnership with Hughes needs to still improve. His floor isn't as good as other options at 2RF. I don't mind moving him on. I very much can't fault people for trading him. I might trade him myself. But there's definitely a viable option to hold on to him, take the cash drop and keep him for the year. I was still torn whether he was a keeper or not after his performance last week with Manly in that stop-start game of about 30 or whatever it was. This obviously didn't help that, so personally, I'm going to say no. Eli Couture was not a keeper, and that's why he probably should be sold this week. But if you want to go through with it, I can see why you'd hold him. But sell for mine. Christian Welch. He just seems to score 50 weekly. Um, I guess the potential positive here is that he probably doesn't play origin, I don't think. With Queensland's strength in their pack, he probably doesn't make that origin side. However, I don't mind flipping him to Horsborough simply a guy like that right now. Either of those two, even moving up to Fenua Blake, I don't mind. Definitely a guy you can move on if you have to make moves at front row. However, not the worst guy to hold through with. Will Warbrick. um, Tough. I moved on from Warbrick, so I haven't really given him too much thought. Similar situation, I think, very much can sell him. If there's a guy you want to go to at centre wing, Alex Johnston, um, if you wanted to go up to a premium down to a Croker or Rob Jennings to free up cash. I think Walbrick can be one to go. Um, I just don't think there's that much attacking upside for him there on that right wing as to why I sold him earlier in the year. I sold him too early. I missed cash, but I had to do it to get to Walsh. Um, I just think Hughes doesn't like to go long there. Remus Smith isn't the best um, attacking weapon on that right side, and that's just not their strong side to go wide on that right edge. If they're going down there, I think it's through Hughes. And Katoa, either Hughes going through himself or through Ellie Katoa. So, I think Warbrick is safe to move on from now, definitely. Finally, just another note for the strategy here. We see a lot of people um, doing a lot of preparation for round 13, as we should be, obviously. Just a little note that I think round 14 is just as important in our plans. Um, Make sure you note who plays early in that round, who's likely to back up and just understand that when we're preparing, obviously the para is the best example playing in all three major buys, 13, 16 and 19. But I think it's important to note that the week after is just as hard. So when you're looking, you need 13 players or you only uh, have 13 playing players in those buy rounds. It's best 13 system in the major ones. So, me and Burjo looked at it. We're almost at that 13 already. I think he's got 12 or 13 right now. I've got 11 or 12. So, we're going to have no problem getting those numbers to 13. The problem may be in round 14 when you've got to field 17 players, trying to get that team out when the Origin Boys are backing up. That may be the biggest struggle to fill a whole team out of players. So, that's definitely one to note. 13 may not be as tough as we think it is. Round 14 may be the biggest struggle. But we'll look at that in more depth soon. Moving on to the pod section players with low ownership to keep an eye on. As we mentioned before, um, Stephen Crichton, 3.3%. Potential cash in potential points kicking, goals at the moment. Um, Definitely a play you can make. Ownership's low. As I said, he loves a try. And the big factor is if he's goal-kicking, it adds probably about 20 points onto his base each week with the Panthers being such a good side. So Critter definitely one to look at there right now. Another guy I've already mentioned, Scott Drinkwater, 1.1%. Plays around 13. Um, Not really many fullbacks killing it right now. We could see drinking and the Cow's going to run. As I said, I don't like this week against the Sharks as to why I wouldn't bring drinking in this week. But after that, the draw's not that bad for the Cows moving into round 13. So, Scott Drinkwater, an option at 1% ownership. Final one, Josh Curran, 0.5% owned. Sitting around 520k. Starting at lock, obviously Tabunga to come back. tomorrow. Martin out for the short term at least. Dylan Walker will have to stay at 5'8". Could be a cheeky little move to make. Plays around 13 if he's playing lock in round 13. Very good option to look at there. Finally, trades and skippers for the week. As I mentioned before with trades, I'm just shot at the moment. Um, a couple things I'm considering. I could make one trade because I'm not set up too badly this week in terms of how my team is set up. Um... I get Tarpany back in the front row, and I also have Jeremy Marshall King at hooker. Sort of the problems that other people have up there, I don't have. Marshall King at hooker is fine. Tarpany front row is fine. And Cela' is my front row forward, too. If Totola wasn't named, I'd just run with Sele. However, I might make one trade moving Kepi to Horsborough, as I've got 150k in the bank. I'm also considering Khan Piera up to Alex Johnston. They're the options of making one trade. But if I make two, I might look at a David Fafida in. But it's probably one of the initial two. Either Kepi up to Corey Horsbrough or Campier at Alex Johnston and probably just hold a trade this week up my sleeve. Skippers, I like straight C on Nico Hines for myself um, because I'm probably not going to have that free loop with um front row forward that lot of people are going to have but for those I like them putting the vice captaincy on Hines and elsewhere for Fafita as I said good option um Trail Mitt against the Broncos not a bad one if you want to completely forego Hines anti-pod play Cleary's not a bad one however the goal kicking could be an issue against the Tigers if he doesn't have it as to his ceiling but not a bad anti-pod play. Elsewhere, there's probably not that many other options around, to be honest. As to why I just like locking in Nico Hines' points on Thursday night, I think I they'll think whack the Cowboys. Um, I'd be surprised if Nico doesn't get at least 80, and I'm happy to lock that in, but I think it could be much more. As I said, that's going to be a tired Cowboys outfit. They've played some big... Wearing games recently. Um, pretty short turnaround, five days. So I think I'm going to lock in Nico C. Elsewhere, I like the feeder against Manly. Although I don't have him. Um, so yeah, that's what I'm planning this week. As I said, not not sold on my trades. But yeah, either Kepi to Horsburgh or Carm Pierre to Alex Johnson, I think. And that will do me for today's episode. Good luck to everyone for round nine. Um, Burjo will be back on the potty next week. Once he's recovered, um, enjoy your footy, everyone, and thank you for listening.